Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You, you guys mentioned, you know, kids. Like, you know, there's, there's going to be, we have to make big decisions with kids. Right. That's a big thing. Right. Are we going to be able to make those decisions in a good manner? That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, I don't know that now. Like, right. But you also don't know her. another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry married at first sight edition I'm a little bit excited to talk about this episode (laughs) I tend not to much like the uh, after wedding brunches I tend not to love these meet the friends and family housewarming parties I just feel like maybe next season we can um change these activities or modify these activities because usually personally I don't find that we gain a lot of information that it's really pivotal that it's really foundation making but in this particular season this episode was more interesting than most so I'm looking forward to talking about it um mostly because the bad stuff bad stuff happened (laughs) So let's get into it. Um, We start off with uh, Brett and Ryan. They are both hanging out with their friends. Ryan's going doing a workout with his friend Fernando, who is, you know, kind of where he wants to be. He's married. He has kids. He has a future that Ryan is kind of looking forward to or thinks that he wants to have. 
he tells his friend things have been easy so far. They can talk about whatever, but they're definitely different. And, you know, in terms of traveling and flying and, you know, he says that Brett comes off as like very high stress, high anxiety. And he's concerned about that because he is a complete opposite. And he finds himself being like overcorrecting, being even more carefree than he usually would be just to make light of the situation for her sake. Um, you know, the only example that we have of this alleged high stress, high anxiety behavior is her uh, apologizing for uh, how I guess she was like gripping tightly onto his forearm um, during the pl flight and the issue with the, or the, the, the manatee incident, if you will, where they were on their honeymoon and they went kayaking. And I honestly like... It was, she didn't cry. She didn't scream. If anything, he went into that situation for my memory saying, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, be calm. Hopefully that'll transfer over to her. <clears throat> but when we see them at the manatee thing, he's like, why don't you look at it? You want to look at it? It's right under your boat. You want to look at it? It's so big. It's so big and it's right under you. <laughs> And like, even for me who loves animals and would love to do something like this, for you to just be like, if I can't really see it, and you're saying there's this gigantic sea creature right under me, like literally right under my boat, I might feel a little, you know, a, a little heart, a heart rate elevation. I felt like all things considered, Brett acted really fine. So, you know, much like constantly badgering Mirla over her finances. Um, I just feel like maybe there's just not much there. I don't know. I kind of feel like there's enough issues between Brett and Ryan. The main issue being the fact that Ryan isn't into her, um, that we don't have to like keep constantly focus on these situations, you know? And I'm going to talk about that more with Mirla and Gil. Um, so like I said, Brett's having lunch with her friend, Christine, AKA uh, what appears to be Dallas's answer to Kendall Jenner. <laughs> and she says the honeymoon went well. Um, she wouldn't have picked the manatee trip herself, but she might do it again. See, she has like a pretty good spirit. So I don't see what he is seeing. And I think personally, just based on what footage we see of Brett, that, Ryan is not into her and he is amplifying and magnifying these quote unquote negative traits and making them what they more than what they need to be. Um, but Brett is feeling great. Christine asks if the attractions there between them and she says, hell yeah. Like Ryan's basically like an action figure. He's got like, he's like thick, but he's also got all the abs and you know, he, you know, uh, <laughs> Can't, can't complain about that. Can't complain about that. I'll, I'll have lots of things to talk about Ryan um, now, Trump supporter, and in the future, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, body, fine. <laughs> no complaints about that. Um, we have to see this, like, short montage of him taking his shirt off in various situations on their honeymoon set to the sexy music. Didn't need that. He's not that hot. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of Mirla and Gil, let's get into them. So... Wow, wouldn't you know, 
Pastor Cal gave them an exercise to talk about their finances and look at each other's bank accounts, savings accounts, see where everybody's at financially. And I have to tell you, this was so satisfying to me. And I think it may be, may have been satisfying to Mirla as well. Um, so first they start talking about, uh, you know, their budgets and Gil asks Mirla what her grocery budget budget is for the month. And she's like, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> and he's like, well, how can you not know that? I, I know that I spend $150 every three weeks. And so she's like going through her charges, like, okay, let me go look at like what I spend at Whole Foods or uh, what grocery stores do you guys have in Texas? Like Heb, Heb, H-E-B, H- don't come for me. I've never been to Texas. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and I'm certainly not going now. Government. Anyway, more on that later. Uh, so she goes to look through her charges and the charges were like, maybe like five or six charges between $60 and $350 for the month. So then he's like, oh, what? He's been $300. Uh huh. And then he wants to know how much she spends on lashes, how much she spends on clothes every month. And Mirla's like, I don't spend on clothes every month. I only go shopping two to three times a year. And he's like, oh, so you just go in there and like, you just, what's your budget? You just spend whatever the card approves. And she's like, yeah. Um, but also my card approves a lot. And I also pay off my bill every month, my credit card bill every month. I'm debt free. So yeah, whatever it approves. (laughs) So then we get to the moment where they show each other their savings account status and Gil looks at Mirla's first and you could tell by his reaction, he was like, oh, oh, okay. Thought I was going to have a case here, but clearly I do not. So turns out whatever that number is, is far exceeds what Gil's savings account number is. And then Gil starts to have to, uh, well, uh, uh, well see, uh, what had happened with my thing is like, I've got money in this account, but I can't touch it. And, you know, here's the number that I've been putting out, putting in my account since I'm 22. So I'm guessing this is some sort of like military situation that like you save and it's some sort of like nest egg for the future. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But then he's like, oh, well, then I also have, you know, this so real savings and you know my real jobs and and then my other savings is wrapped in I've been in 401k and uh, blah 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 and you know it just it just feels so great to be right you know <laughs> it just feels so great for her to be like oh so now you can't say shit because I pay all my bills all those red bottoms belong to me They no longer have Christian Louboutin's name. They have my name because I paid him in full. And my account's looking pretty nice. Pretty fucking nice. He basically says that even though he has these savings here, savings there, I can't touch it. I can't touch it. His true savings, like once we get down to the brass tacks of what do you have today in terms of your savings? The man doesn't have shit. Okay not shit. He tries to say that he doesn't care. You know, he says we are obviously in two different tax brackets. That's not the issue for me. Yes, it is, Gil. Yes, it is. But uh, okay, it's not my problem. And so then Mirla breaks it all the way down and says, okay, 
So I'm to understand that you have an account that you can't touch. So if we're going to start saving for a house, this thing that you have been talking about, oh, I only spend, I save my money and this money, you know, the money that you spend on your red bottoms could be diverted to our savings. Oh, oh, so really we have to start from scratch right now if we want to start saving from house. And Gil says, yes. Which are broke ass. So, <laughs> no, this man, I, I told y'all, has been projecting. He cares very deeply about the money. He knows that she made more money and he didn't know. I don't think he knew that it was that much money. How much money do we think it is? I would bet that she probably makes somewhere between 110 and 125 would be my guess which is nice, a nice chunk of change. For somebody who's been in the... what Was he in the military or am I making this up? Or is this fire... I, now I'm thinking he's a fireman. Was he in the military? He just has like a military vibe. Maybe his dad was... I don't know. But anyway, he doesn't have any money. Military money, fireman money, uh, Applebee's worked there in the summer when I was 16 money, none of it. So anyway... Um, I just, uh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. For her to come into this situation being like, I am completely debt free and I got money in the bank. I have to imagine that like she could probably buy a house on her own today. I feel like that. And now she's like, now she's the one who's got to be, who's disappointed. And she's disappointed for an actual real reason of you've been hammering me for this shit. You've been talking to anybody who will listen about how I spend, 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 spend. And now look at me. I'm still in a much better financial situation than you are. Goofy. Mm. Oh, this was just so satisfying. And Pastor Cal, I hope you saw that. I hope you saw that too. When you were sitting there shaming her for her choice to have uh, Louis Vuitton boxes that she paid for on her own. Thank you. Anyway, uh, let's move on to Michaela and Zach, shall we? (laughs) So uh, we see Zach and he is, he has his friend uh, Jerron come over to download on everything that's been happening since the wedding. He says that the situation so far has been uh, unique. (laughs) <laughs> and everything was good until a couple days ago. You know, everything was good from the wedding to the bedroom to the plane. And then he got COVID. And then <laughs> and then things were pretty much downhill from there. So he's running on the fumes of about a day and a half of their relationship before shit really came to the surface. So... He said he started to notice some red flags and that his biggest issue is how Michaela handles things. So he starts to talk about the situation with the dogs. And we see a flashback in which you can see her dog peeing on the rug. So apparently it just was like a little too hectic for his pup. He decided to take the dog to daycare. He says that Michaela made it really clear that she does not like to be woken up in the morning. And then he kind of hints that he wasn't even aware that she moved out once she realized that he left. So then they had their meeting with Pastor Cal and then they had a private conversation after their meeting. He thought everything was fine until Michaela texted him an hour later saying that she wanted to call off the housewarming party. And now he's frustrated because he's like, that's not how he would have handled it. So Jerome says, regardless of whether or not you guys were strangers, there were going to be conflicts 
in having a relationship, just dealing and working out how you guys deal with conflict. In a confessional, um, Jerron digs even deeper and says, Zach needs to be a little bit more realistic about what's going on and hopefully they can figure it out. And then Zach is like, well, you know, if this is how little confrontations go down between us and, you know, what happens with the bigger things happen, bigger issues come up because, you know, this is like, I, he's like basically in this, he seems traumatized <laughs> and he seems traumatized. Like there's a PTSD there from his past relationships. Now, didn't I tell you guys last week that this dude said that he likes a woman who is quote unquote crazy or clingy or, you know, is all into him and all wants to be on him. Although, and it's all fun and games until you get to the real shit. And then next thing you know, all your ex-girlfriends are crazy. And it's not because of them. It's because you jumped into the wrong relationship because you like the spice of a woman who is too attached or whatever. And it's all fun and games until something really shit happens. And then you're like, oh, oh, I'm not equipped to handle this. Zach says that Michaela is loud and boisterous and that really isn't him. And it's something that he's been trying to get away from because that's not how he wants his relationships to go. So I'm not saying that this is all Zach's fault. I'm saying he's handling this poorly and it's fair to say, okay, this would be, yeah, he might have the history with the exes and them being like allegedly crazy, but this was not his choice, blah, blah, blah. But I think there is something to be said on Michaela's end of bringing your, all your baggage from your past relationships and being like, Oh, see, you're just like everybody else that I dated and I want out. I don't think that's fair to anybody, regardless of whether or not Michaela was wrong, which I feel like she was, she definitely overreacted, but she doesn't need to be carrying the burdens of your past bullshit. Zach tells his friend point blank that if it's going to continue like this, he's not going to be able to do it. Mm. Um, Rachel and Jose, not much to talk about. Their scene was them going to the garden and Rachel getting railroaded because uh, Jose had a very specific plan for the types of plants. I thought they were going to get like flowers and stuff, but then they end up just getting herbs, which is fine. But he, he was clearly going for like aesthetic. Like at first he was saying, Oh, let's get like cilantro and some chili so we can have, you know, a fresh ingredients for salsa when people come over. Cool. Awesome. And then it takes a turn and he just like, he finds this like tacky, what I would describe as tacky, like this like garden, it, you know, it says garden. If you weren't aware of all the the leaves and stuff above you, it says garden, just so you know. And it's like just one of those things that you can hang on the wall. I personally don't like them, but Jose seemed so hype, so hype about this thing. And then fitting all those plants into this specific thing. Ugh. <laughs> what started off as like Rachel being like, yeah, let's, this will be fun. These will be like our plants and we'll be able to pick them together. It was just her being like, yeah, you can, we can go with this one and this one and this one that you chose and the, the thing that you chose to put in it. And yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just uh, meet you at the car. Thank you. <laughs> so um, moving on to Bow and Johnny. So we have another uh, thing where they're talking to their friends 
Uh, Bao meets up with her friend first, who also kind of seemed to have some knowledge of Johnny before the wedding. And um, he says he thought that Bao may have been a little bit disappointed to see Johnny at the altar. And she does admit that there was just a split second where she had a moment of doubt and she was getting flashes, not of like... Uh, well, here's what she said. She's like, you know, she's like, I'm thinking this is Johnny, the party boy. This is Johnny, the frat guy. This is a guy who doesn't settle down. But then every step she took closer and closer to the altar and to Johnny, she thought, no, I do get it. It makes sense because I'm so introverted. He's more outgoing. And so I can see us being complimentary to each other. But uh, at the honeymoon, she felt like Johnny was being a little bit dismissive and that, uh, it seems like he doesn't take a lot of things seriously. So his friend really is like playing devil's advocate a lot for Johnny. And he brings up the point of Johnny having been single for so long and how things may have been an adjustment for him. And Bao says there's a disconnect between what Johnny says that he wants and what he demonstrates. She says she can tell when he starts deflating, when he starts giving up, even though he says he's not giving up. And she brings up the fact that when they got back from the honeymoon, he needed a couple days to have a, you know, reset. And she was like, I didn't need a fucking reset. (laughs) So her friend says, you know, sometimes guys need a moment to process things, but you know, it doesn't mean that he's not committed to you. And, Bao says that she's still very much committed. She's not the one um, talking. She's not running. And her friend's like, well, do you think if any, if out of the two of you, if anybody leaves, it's going to be Johnny? And she says, yeah, absolutely. I, and I fully agree. I, 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 you know, on occasion, I will um, entertain a man's opinion and let him open up the floor to give advice from the perspective of a man, right? This, I don't think, was giving the best advice. It was mostly just in defense of Johnny and his bullshit. And you know what you're getting into. This show has been long established. You could watch so many of the seasons on demand. You could pay for them on Amazon, I'm sure. Go to the uh, Lifetime app or whatever. He knew what he was signing up for. So to give him a pass, I'm like, oh, you know, this might just be what guys need. No. If you were in a regular marriage and you get back from the honeymoon and your husband says, I need a couple days to reset before I move into our home together, you'd be like in a corner being like, oh my God, did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Now, you're in this experiment that you signed up for, that you have to contractually be present for. And on top of that, like you want to make your relationship work, probably. (laughs) Most of the guys do. Not all of them, but most of them do. So leaving is not an excuse. Like you don't get to reset. Like, like, uh, Bao said, I didn't need a fucking reset. You were supposed to stay and make it work. I'm really disappointed in Johnny. I really, really am. So after this, the husbands meet up to talk and the wives meet up to talk. They're all having drinks and have a little kiki, right? So with the guys, uh, I'm going to start off with them. Ryan starts to ask the guys how things are going and and, you know, has everything been what they expected? And, you know, Jose starts off by saying, you know, his 
typical spiel. My expectations were, uh, you know, this was like, she's checking all my boxes. There's chemistry, there's connection. You know, we just can't keep our hands off each other. And all the guys are like, yeah, Jose, we know you can't keep your hands off of her. We have to see it all the time. So Ryan turns to Zach, who, you know, obviously was missing from the honeymoon. He's like, just so you know, if Rachel was here right now, they would have kissed at least 10 times by now. Um, they're really. Okay, Zach, really? <laughs> so, um, then all the guys are like, uh, excuse me. Then Ryan says that he thinks Brett is really cool. They sort of have like a dating sort of platonic friend thing. So they're going to have to work on that. Gil says that he and Mirla are kind of on the same wavelength and, but he still hasn't gotten that kiss yet. You know, he Gil still hasn't gotten his anything but a cheat kiss from Mirla. And the guys ask him if he's okay with that. And he says, so far, it's not bothering him. Yes, it is. But it's sort of like an ingrown hair. Like, it's not an issue now. You can't see it. But it's going to become a problem later. So then all the guys ask Johnny what's going on with his relationship. And he starts off by saying the same thing that Ryan said, which is that it feels more platonic right now and kind of like he's dating a friend. And um, Gil asks if he feels like Bao is friend zoning, zoning him. And he kind of sighs, but then Ryan asks, well, do you feel like you're friend zoning her? And Johnny tells the guys that Bao said that she felt like he was making advance, excuse me, that she was making advances at him, um, but that he's not really that receptive. And he says that it just kind of feels very platonic right now. So Jose is like, okay, are you attracted to Bao? And Johnny says, she's not really my type. Like, I do think she's attractive, um, but it just felt like I've seen many a man try to like do the nice guy thing and skirt around saying that they're not physically attracted to a woman. And this was definitely giving me everything from that. <clears throat> so he says, Bao has, you know, the body type that he's attracted to. She's cute, but it's really a personality difference. Yeah. Is it that she's mature and that you're constantly thinking of ways to get out of the relationship? Yeah. I would say that would be a personality difference, Johnny. Um, so Gil asks if they've talked about this situation because he had a conversation with Mirla in which she also admitted like it wouldn't really, that Gil wouldn't really be her type. And then Gil said to her that if he had a friend who, for example, was like, oh, you know, I know this chick, you might be interested in her. Here's her description. He said he wouldn't have been interested in her either, but he's happy with her. So in a confessional, Gil says that what he feels like Johnny is doing is that he's so stuck in what his type is that he's not looking beyond and seeing why they were matched. So more on that later. Uh, going over to the girls hangout, Brett asks Michaela, what's going on? How's Zach's doing? They haven't heard anything since they left the honeymoon. And Michaela's like, Oh, you know, he's COVID free. He's good. We're working through it. And she's definitely giving the 
PR best rosiest version of their relationship. She is omitting a lot, like the fact that she, you know, um, slammed a bottle of Clorox wipes on the kitchen table in frustration, or uh, that she walked out of the apartment the first morning that they were supposed to spend together. Um, and she says in a confessional that she feels like they're still dealing with the issue, so she doesn't really want to talk about it. Brett reveals to Mirla that she won a $5 bet with Ryan because they had bet that she would have moved on to the second phase of kissing, the peck, a lip-to-lip action. Brett was like, no, I know she's not going to do that. Ryan thought that she would. She's like, Mirla's like, yeah, no, wasn't going to happen. So congratulations, you won $5. (laughs) So the girls go around and do a thumbs up or thumbs down to whether or not things have gotten more intimate with their husbands. And I did notice that Michaela did a thumbs down even though I'm pretty sure they said that they did it, right? Well, I know that they did it because then we see Zach cut to the guys and say, oh, Michaela's going to kill me. She's going to be so mad, but we have done it. Oh, man, she's going to be so mad when she sees this. (laughs) And really, he's presenting a, a better version of the state of their relationship to the guys just like uh, just like she is. So mm, maybe this is why you guys were matched. <laughs> so Bao says that she feels like Johnny might have commitment issues because of the first sign of a little bit of conflict, he goes back to this checklist that he has. And Brett says, okay, the checklist needs to go out the window the moment you guys get married and you guys need to be focused or he needs to be focused on the person that you were matched with, figuring out why, figuring out how to make it work. Totally agree with you, Brett. So back to the guys. Zach does start to talk about a little bit of discord and uh, Gil and who was it? Jose Gil and Jose were like, of course you guys are going to be going through things like, don't worry about that. This is typical. Like, don't worry about it all, but just like try to make the best of it. But Zach is like, Yeah, totally. But also, what if you have tried to make the best of it and it doesn't work? (laughs) So he says in a confessional that he can feel like he he feels like he and Johnny are on the same page. They're both struggling and he respects Johnny for admitting that. So as the guys were talking, you can see Johnny get like fidgety and that sort of like you can see that the emotions are about to well up and he's like trying to get it out of his body He's turning into himself a little bit. And in a confessional, Johnny says that he thought he was ready when he agreed to get married. And then he starts to get emotional and starts to cry. And he's like, he takes a second to get himself together. And he says, well, maybe I just wasn't ready. Like, it's hard to say. And and now I'm married to Bao. I'm not ready to be married. And now she's married to me. And I'm fucked. <laughs> so he goes to the bathroom Jose follows him and he's like, you know, you basically just need to roll through it because we all signed up for the same thing, guy. And then Johnny, like, just, like, dissolves into Jose. (laughs) Into this big bear hug. Like, he just can't take the weight of his life right now and all of his responsibilities. And back in a confessional, Johnny says, he starts thinking aloud and says things like, I did 
get into this to find my perfect wife. And now she's not perfect. And I'm trying to, like, get out of it. And then he gets emotional again and he has to wipe away his tears. And he's, like, walking away from the camera and, you know, lifting his shirt up so he can wipe his tears. I don't feel an ounce of sympathy for this man. Not one. You aren't going to come on, mic yourself up, stand stand in front of a camera and be like, oh, she's not perfect and now I want to get out of here and she's married to me and maybe I wasn't ready for this and maybe I shouldn't have done this. And Did that not occur to you at all at any point that maybe you weren't ready for this? He keeps trying to put this on her when the commitment issues are coming from the inside of the house. All of this is Johnny and he keeps like dumping on her much like he's about to do in a second and it's just increasingly more frustrating and I think that we're heading into a uh, Chris and Paige or a Zach and Mindy where the experts are going to have to you know hold up their hands and be like ladies um, we're sorry uh, you need to leave the situation because this man is irredeemable. And I really feel for Bao because <sighs> we'll, we'll get into that. So anyway, <laughs> after the, the husband and wife meet up, we see Marilyn Gill and, uh, Gill is so excited. He is <laughs> like, what happened with you? Oh, things really went down in my place or my hangout. Like, oh gosh, it really got some exciting. I don't want to talk to you. Do you, t- I want to talk to you about it. He's like, could not wait to gossip. <laughs> He's like, what did you hear? Your thing. She's like, oh, you know, we didn't really get that deep. You know, there's five of us. If uh, like we had fun, we can kick it. Cause you know, we're just having drinks or whatever, but you know, we didn't really talk about too much. If we were going to get deep, we would have been there for 24 hours. So not much happened. He's like, cool. Well, girl, let me tell you what happened with my hangout. <laughs> so he's like, Hey, first of all, Bao and Johnny are having issues. And uh, Johnny took a long time to even say somewhat in response to the question of, are you attracted to your wife? He said somewhat, but he took a long time to get there. And Mar- Mirla is literally eating a bag of skinny pop popcorn, just like listening to him gossip about what happened. (laughs) He was living. And that was like the one thing that I really liked about Gil. I'm like 40% he's harmless. 60% I find him incredibly annoying. And he's like a dog with a bone on this financial situation. But I, you know, I would appreciate a husband who like wanted to hear the tea, wanted to tell me the tea and download me on the information. I I like that. (laughs) So maybe I'm going to put that on my checklist. I need a guy who likes to just tell all the secrets and give me everything. Okay. (laughs) So then they pivot to, uh, Mirla meeting Gil's mom for the first time over FaceTime. So he's Dominican. I don't want to get this wrong, but it doesn't matter. His mom does not live in the country. That's the point. And she was not able to attend the wedding. And uh, we did see a flashback from the reception in which somebody had a, you know, voice note recorded from 
his mom saying like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm so happy for you. You know, I feel sad that I can't be there, but I send a strong hug and many blessings. And so Gil says he's really close to his mom and they talk at least once a week. So they get on FaceTime and she sees Mirla and she's like, oh, you're really pretty. And then Gil uses this term that Mirla didn't know, which he explains to her and us that translates to bougie. <laughs> so while he tries to make light of it, um, Mirla is like, oh, well, how do I get him on my level and get him to love shopping? And Gil's mom's like, well, you know, the most important thing is that they could understand and love and respect each other. She's like, yes. And also buy shoes. <laughs> so, when they, you know, they just, it's very, just like very basic, very, you know, hi, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Get off the phone. So when they get off the phone, Mirla's like, bougie? Really? Like, <laughs> it, it, do we just have to come right out the gate with that? Um, and she's like, what is, what is your definition of bougie? And he's like, do I need that to define that for you? Like, it's like you're extra, like you're too much. Do you want me to get the Urban Dictionary definition for you? She's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> At some point, the jokes are going to have to stop. So moving on to Bao and Johnny, they start getting ready for dinner and bedtime. And Johnny says that at this point, there's been so much of a buildup of pressure from his image of what marriage is supposed to be versus the reality. And he feels like the other guys are a lot more in sync with their wives. So he's just still waiting for that deeper connection. That is impossible. You are setting up an impossible standard that she's never going to be able to live up to. And I think it's really, really unfair. So they get to bed and Val's like, you don't really seem okay. Like what's going on? And Johnny's like, oh man, well, I don't even know where to start. Like the guys hang out was a lot of fun, but it just kind of hit me that I'm kind of confused about what's wrong with our relationship and more specifically what's wrong with me because I know that you're totally into this and totally into me and I'm just trying to figure out why I'm so focused on all the negative things. And then he says that he had a mini meltdown of like, what am I even doing? Because it seems like right now we have these problems and we're facing this, but like, I don't know. Like, I wanted to be here for the right reasons, but was I ready? And in a confessional, Bao says that she's concerned that she had been, or excuse me, she's concerned because she had been having thoughts about whether or not Johnny was ready. So it's sad to know that the thing that she had been worrying about was an actual valid reality. So in bed, Bao's like, gosh, I just <laughs> have a lot of thoughts about what you just told me. And Johnny's like, yeah, well, why don't we just sleep on it? <laughs> and Val's like, well, I'll try to sleep, but my mind is going to be spinning all night. It is so, he's so unbelievably selfish. Like, it's bad enough for you to dump, 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 and just be like, I don't think this is going to work. This isn't working. This is bad. I don't, this is a bad situation. I know you want to be here, but I'm not into it. I know I want to be here, but I'm not into it. Um, I'm not into you. This feels like friendship, blah, blah, blah. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to get in my bed. Tell me that. And then be like, okay, well, ready for bed. No. 
No. That is my biggest pet peeve. I think it is like such a rude, fucked up thing to do to somebody. Don't be bringing shit into my bed. Don't be bringing these problems into my bed. It's... And it's also incredibly selfish of like, he... When she said, like, oh, my mind is spinning, he didn't offer her a floor. He didn't offer her time to respond. He was just like, oh, I don't like this. I don't, I want to leave. This is bad. I don't like you. Um, okay, bye. Good night. <laughs> so rude. He does not give a fuck about her. He does not care about her feelings. He didn't ask her what her thoughts about it were. He didn't seem to care. He was like, we'll just get to it in the morning. And that just feels like a, I'm going to run to work and then we're never going to talk about this. It is so, so unfair. Like, if you're going to open this door, then the door is going to work both ways. You don't get to walk through it and then lock it behind me, behind you, and then leave me inside a burning building. Like, no, fuck off. Fuck off. So selfish. I'm so over him. <laughs> I'm so, so over him. Ugh, okay. So now we're getting to the housewarming parties. And I'm just going to try and truncate this because a lot was, there was good things, but then a lot was just filler. All right, let's start off with Rachel and Jose. Like I said, we get the conversation that we expect out of them. Everything, we're so happy. We can't believe how good we have it. Boxes checking all the time, all day long, except for when it comes to finances. Um... Jose, you know, was like, just can't wait to talk about his home. (gasps) This credit score. And blah, blah, blah. And how Rachel's more of a YOLO kind of girl. And he's concerned about... (laughs) Which I would have had a problem with him being like... I just don't want to be like... Have her looking at social media and have us be like in a keep up with the Joneses situation. Where you're seeing things and you want to go... Maybe she just likes to travel because a lot of people like to travel. It's not like she's so stuck on Instagram and keeping up with like whatever the fuck is going. Like what? (laughs) Do you think, don't you think your wife is a little bit more mature than that? He starts talking about his, you know, one account rule. We're going to pull everything from there and then use whatever's left for travel or whatever. And Rachel's family tries to say something about how, you know, there's not one right way to do anything, especially with finances. And you just have to figure out what works for both of you. And Jose is like, yeah, totally. There is not one right way to do things, except we're going to be doing things my way. And that's going to be the right way. So. I hear you, but I also don't. <laughs> so in a confessional, Jose's mom, Jose's stepmom, to be specific, I love her. I love her because she has been like mentioning it all from the beginning. And you could tell she's like, listen, Jose's a little tightwad. He likes to save every little dime. But if he doesn't give that up, there might be issues brought up. Speaking of, it appears that uh, Jose has brought his whiteboard to their apartment. Um, I'm sure he probably put it in the back seat and uh, or maybe he put it in the front seat. It made Rachel sit in the back and he probably, you know, put the seatbelt on it to make sure that not one, even just a little bit of his 815 credit score was uh, erased during travel. So everybody could see it. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he put that in permanent marker. 
just just so everybody was sure and so he is like like an idiot being like hey guys let's let's all look at my expenses and what i how much i make and how much i'm giving to insurance every week every month and you know what my credit score is and um have you seen my credit score it's here at the bottom right corner um i shouldn't know that i shouldn't know that i kara should not know that but i do um so oh god he whatever as soon as Rachel's brother's like, oh yeah, like it does seem like you have your shit together. He takes it and runs with it. And he talks about how he's been waiting for marriage and how he's not do- been doing a bunch of bullshit and kicking it with the boys and spending money because it's a waste. And it's like, I don't know if you have boys to like kick it with. I don't get the sense that you are like turning down all these offers and that your dance card would have been full if it had not been for all these, uh, you know, incredibly mature and financially sound, uh, decisions that you've been making all these years. Um, in a confessional, Rachel says that clearly Jose has been preparing for marriage for (laughs) quite some time. But for her, she's only been prepared for marriage or preparing for about a year. And in the meantime, she's been having experiences and going out there and enjoying life like a normal person. And now she wants to share those experiences with somebody. Um, But she feels like Jose is kind of being dismissive towards travel and the things that she's passionate about. So she feels a little bit nervous about the future. So when... The women and men separate. Uh, we don't ever see Jose, or maybe we did, and it was just too boring. <laughs> but the crux of the issue was that Rachel does more of a talk with Jose's stepmom, and she is basically like, "Girl, establish your shit. Um, don't be, you know, like put your foot down." You need to make sure that Jose is not controlling uh, y'all 110% because you're working too. And women need to feel a sense of control in the relationship. So (laughs) here's your warning, girl. Heed it. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Next, we go over to Johnny and Bows and they're having like sort of a hawaiian e like tropical themed party and as they're getting ready for the housewarming party johnny's in a confessional talking about all the ways in which he can't stand bow he says that he was looking forward to do this sort of like couple things because all of his friends are in that like mode where they hang out with the other uh married friends and he's always been jealous 
but he's not ready to say at this point that Bao is his forever. <laughs> because usually his relationships start with a spark and then they figure out things after that. But in this situation, he's trying to develop the other emotional things without a spark. And for him, it's been a struggle. So um, here's the thing about all your other relationships, Johnny, is that they failed, and which is why you're on this show. So maybe we should stop using uh, all of your past failed relationships as a blueprint for how your current one should be working, because it seems like you're never going to be happy, right? (laughs) Not once did he mention how Bao might be struggling with his bullshit and the fact that he's lying in the bed. It's the bed for me. lying in this bed emotionally because he keeps doing it lying in the bed emotionally dumping on her and then just being like "Mm, wow i'm so glad i got this out i'm gonna get so much rem sleep and then poor bow's sitting there (laughs) god i can't stand him um so if you couldn't pick up on the uh coldness emanating from bow which i appreciated it she definitely lets us all know that she's still feeling very much some type of way about last night and johnny's dumping emotionally all over her and that they still have a lot to talk about which thank you that i think johnny did this completely on purpose he knew oh let's talk about this in the morning knowing that they were not going to have time to do this because they were going to have a party and now we see him being like, oh, this is so great. Oh, look at all these uh, light up uh, things, bullshit things. Oh, look at this like uh, LED banana that I could put up on the wall. And she's s- sitting there like, oh, let me just rip open these bags of chips and just dump it into the thing. <laughs> you can tell she's pissed and she has every right to be. And I, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I was loving it. A producer asks Bao, are you stressed out? And she says, I just want to get this done and over with. Okay. (laughs) So the people show up, Bao's friends show up. They give them a book called How to Please a Woman. No, excuse me. It was called She Comes First. (laughs) And in a confessional, Johnny has the audacity to make a joke about how, like, he thinks it's a little surprising that her friends would give her a gift like that. But, you know, uh, maybe there's hints in that book on how to get there, wherever there is. Go home, Roger. Go home. He, you don't, you are not in the position, Johnny, to be making little jokes about how you're not attracted to your wife. As if there's any responsibility on her end. Fuck off. <sighs> Truly. Um, so the friends are there, blah, blah, blah. The men and women separate. Bao says that she kind of feels like they're in a situation or excuse me, that their situation would be worse (laughs) if they didn't have that foundation of knowing each other before. And the, while the other couples are having like petty fights, they're having much deeper ones. So when Johnny's friend asks if they're both a hundred percent like invested in this relationship, um, Bao says that she feels like she is. And she thinks that Johnny is about 90% invested to her 100%. If you could see the face I was making and be like, oh, girl, I'm uh, lowered expectations. <laughs> like, ma'am, 90 is generous. And we find out how generous it is because we see Johnny talking to the guys out on their balcony 
And they ask him how invested he is. And he says that he's approaching this, not like a marriage, but like a new, a brand new relationship, which even for their sake, it's not, (laughs) you know? Um, And he says that he would put his investment at around 65%. So they ask him of the 35% that's missing, like, what is it? Johnny says, well, we need to get closer and we need to get more intimate. Johnny, are you creating an environment in which Bao wants to get more intimate with you? Because now I wouldn't be surprised if she got PTSD. If every time we go in the bed, it's like, (laughs) what's next? What's going to come out of your mouth now before you go to bed? Um, So, Johnny tries to ask for tips on how to deal with somebody like Bao, who's more guarded and introverted, but that's not the problem, my guy. She has been incredibly open and honest with you and vulnerable. You just don't like her. So like, frankly, I didn't even listen to what their advice is because it wasn't going to apply to the situation because he is misrepresenting the situation to the friends, to her friends specifically. Um, It may have even been good advice, but it wasn't applicable to the situation. So Bao tells the women that she's all in and that Johnny knows that she's all in, but he needs to do the work too. Thank you, Bao. Thank you. So let's move over to Zach and Michaela. So as Zach told us earlier, (laughs) Michaela canceled this housewarming party, but he says that she had a change of mind or change of heart and she wants her friends to come over and so we see her at the apartment with Zach not there her friends come over she and her friends help set up for the party and she says like as soon as my friends came I was like regular Michaela so um she's kind of doing the same thing that she was doing to the wives earlier which is not really talking about their issues and their friends are like yeah okay um So, like, we're setting up, where's Zach? (laughs) And so, at that moment, Zach Watson with his friend, the friend that he was talking to earlier, Duran, and you can just tell, much like Bao was not feeling it, Zach is, like, three times that. He's doing that, like, very polite. He's being perfectly polite to her friends, introducing himself, you know, making that small conversation. But you can just tell that he's, like... Yeah, I'm, like, really not feeling this, but, like, I'm not going to take it out on you guys, but, like, mm. (laughs) you know? Um, In a confessional, he says that he feels like Michaela can kind of push through, but he can't really do that. He's still stuck on the fact that she's a lot like his exes. Um, So he asks her friends to talk so he can get more perspective on Michaela. So they go into the bedroom. So it's her two girlfriends and Zach. And he's like, tells them everything. He starts talking about how, you know, initially Michaela canceled the housewarming party. And they're like, yeah, we got those text messages too. (laughs) And then he starts talking about how that sent him over the edge. Like he could have dealt with her walking out, but the cancellation of the housewarming party was hard and that it was a difficult situation because he's just not used to it and he's not used to those kinds of outbursts and Michaela's friends were making faces like shocked 
like shocked not really at what he's saying but the fact that he's saying it to them right like you're we're getting a little too comfortable this is a little too me and you like we're not we're still her friend you know at the end of the day so we're still team Michaela here so Zach says that this is going to be something that he's going to have trouble dealing with. So he is like, I'm looking to you guys for advice. Is this her usual behavior? And if it is, how do we work around this? So Michaela's friend Courtney says, no, this is not usually how she behaves. But you guys are going to have probably some, you know, a little bit of growing pains until she starts feeling comfortable. And until she starts feeling comfortable, you're probably going to see sides of her that you're not going to see when she's comfortable, when you guys are normal situation, when you're in a better place. Um, but that she also, I mean, they do say she does need to be a better communicator in the moment. Um, so then we see Michaela talk to Zach's friend and she says that she's picking up on the fact that like uh, she and Zach are both strong-minded people and that, she might need to be a little bit more considerate of other people's feelings. and But also she feels like Zach is such an amazing and beautiful man that she can't continue to do vindictive things and think it's okay because she feels like she'll lose her marriage. Now, I think that this was obviously very candid, very open, very honest, and I appreciated that. And I hope that she's saying the same things to Zach's friend as she is, is to Zach. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously what she did was like weird and extra and dramatic and not okay, but to be able to have the perspective and the thought of like, Oh, what I did was not okay. What I did. If I continue, I know that it's going to mess things up for our future. I think that's, incredibly mature. So Zach's friend asks about their communication and Nikayla says that she has a tendency to not speak and react instead. And Zach's friend says that Zach's relationship history could be defined as toxic <laughs> because his former partners weren't really that good at communicating. So communication is really big for Zach. And he suggests to Michaela that she just be really forthcoming about her feelings but in a respectful way. <laughs> so Michaela's friend Courtney tells Zach that she has heard Michaela express regrets for how she acted in that situation. But then Zach starts talking about how, you know, they need to figure this out before they have kids and how he doesn't know if she's going to, how she's going to react. And <clears throat> her friends are like, yeah, but you also don't know her. So, like, get to know her and figure it out. Like, if we're going from zero to kids, I, I think let's take some baby steps and work on you guys first and then the children later. <laughs> so, anyway, not much to talk about with regard to Brett and Ryan. They're getting ready for the party and their friends are coming and Ryan's talking about how he hopes that this will just be another experience that will help them feel less like friends. Do we think that... <sighs> this is just sexual for Ryan or because he keeps saying that he really likes Brett and that they get along and that they, they're always talking and that they almost have to like stop themselves from talking. Um, but I don't know. Do you think that it would just be 
a matter of her being more willing to be physical with him or I think he's just not into her. And I also think he doesn't know how to handle a relationship that isn't sexual. <laughs> like, I don't think he knows what to do with a woman who, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm very confused about Ryan because he was purported to be this, like, romantic. He's always falling in love. He's got his flavor of the week. Like, he just... He just can't make it work, but, like, he's just this, like, sick, lovesick puppy. And even later, his friend Aaron, or Aaron Ann, or Aaron Bethany, or whatever the fuck her name was, she was like, oh, he's such a lover. And I'm like, girl, this is, like, <laughs> this is getting a little, um, Aaron, you've got a ring on your finger, too, ma'am. Like, I just felt like she was talking about him real funny, <laughs> real passionate. A lot of passion to talk about, like, your friend. I don't know. Um, but back to the party. Brett talks about how, you know, it's so important that her husband interacts with her friends because, you know, it's she wants that, like, sort of relationship where her husband gets along with them. And then because of that, we're forced to watch them play some stupid game that I'm not going to even bother or waste your time by recording capping um so then we get back to a couple's confessional with brett and ryan and brett's talking about like oh it's so great i love seeing them get along in this moment because i want to be around ryan all the time i want to be around my friends all the time and ryan's like yeah well like i don't want to be around your friends like all the time <laughs> just just to be clear um and then Ryan, uh, Ryan tells Brett's friend, you know, that, like I said, they talk a lot, like to the point where they have to almost stop themselves from talking, which is different from his other relationships because he's not used to talking so much. And then he gets this faraway glance in his face like, I'm just not used to talking this much. So, <laughs> um, like, I want to get out of here. This isn't my home. So then Brett is talking to Ryan's friends and Ryan's friend Aaron is like, you know, like I said, Ryan's so tender. Do you guys feel like you've gotten to that point yet? And Brett has to be like, no, tender. No, but I think we might be getting to tender, but no, definitely not there yet. So then, um, Brett is telling Ryan's friends that the friendship aspect is the most important thing to her. Meanwhile, Ryan's telling Brett's friends that they need to get past that friendship and into more of a romantic space. So, ooh, bit of a disconnect between them. Um, let's move on to Mirla and Gil. Um, so I love when they were getting ready for the party. <laughs> Gil asks Mirla if she's excited and she's like, no now <laughs> like hey girl uh do you want some extra soy sauce with this chinese takeout we got no no am i excited no 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 i'm not um <laughs> she said that she's like an introvert she really wouldn't be a person to even go to a housewarming party even with people she knew she would just send a gift card and so one of gill's friends starts off being really nice and says 
you know, I can tell you guys have the same temperament and you guys can kind of say whatever to each other and, you know, you just let it roll off your back. And yeah, she's like, completely agree. And Mirla does an example, excuse me, the friend does an example of like, I can tell that you guys are the couple that like, if let's say Gil didn't like the dress that you were wearing, that you wouldn't make a big deal out of it. You'd just be like, okay, I'll wear a different color the next day. And of course, Gil hears clothes and he uses this as an opportunity to talk about her closet and, oh, he, you know, a whole comedy routine about, oh, I saw hangers in there that I've never seen before. I saw hangers that could hold 10 pairs of jeans and she's got 15 of those hangers and, oh, jeans, she's got, you had a whole thing of true religions, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's not Mirla's fault that you don't know about closet organization or the container store, Okay. That's not her problem. You're just admitting that you don't know shit. And, you know, maybe you're telling on yourself, Gilda Bear. Okay? So, Mirla, you know, is like, oh, you know, Gil really loves to talk about how much I have and how prissy I am. But, you know, I just appreciate that we can have that kind of banter with each other. And see, this is why I think she's not that bad of a woman. Because personally, I would have told Gil to shut his bald ass up at this point. Like, <laughs> leave the dog and get out. <laughs> she really, she appreciates him. She takes it on the chin. Because let's be real, like, he brings this shit up every time he gets a chance to. He roasts her in good nature, but he roasts her quite a bit. And I could see how many people would be like, okay, let's put the brakes on this. Um, because it's getting too much, but she takes it and she enjoys it. And this is why I think she's not that she's a stick in the mud about like a lot of things, but not about this relationship. And that's what matters. That's what matters to me anyway. So Gil and Mirla both agree that they have a really good flow to each other. Living together has been really easy and natural. And then Gil mentions that Pastor Gal Cal gave them some homework before he left. Um, and that was to look at each other's bank accounts. So someone asked who has a higher savings account and Gil's like, Oh, of course it's Mirla. And when Mirla's friend asks if it would be okay if she maintained her lifestyle, Gil says that Mirla said that the one thing she's not going to do is change her lifestyle for anybody. And he felt some type of way about that. Um, not because she wasn't willing, just, I, how do I describe this? Because he felt like she was dealing in absolutes by saying that she wouldn't change for anybody. And Gil's friend, who was giving misogyny, was giving, like, as a man. What I did think, I do think he started a sentence with, as a man. Ugh. Shut up. <laughs> so, he says, you know, there has to be some movement or compromise in a relationship. Um, Mirla isn't saying things at the moment, but they cut to just, like, a quick jump to her um, having a producer ask her, uh are you going to change your lifestyle? And she's, or would you even be willing to? And she's like, no, no, that's not going to happen. So then they switch to the second topic, which is the fact that Mirla hasn't kissed uh, Gil yet. We haven't left the cheek zone situation. And Gil tells everybody that he did 
give the ultimatum of divorcing if they haven't kissed by decision day. So isn't that dealing in absolutes? Like, if you're going to talk about that being the issue with her spending her money, then wouldn't it also be unfair to say, if you don't do this by this date, then I'm going to divorce you? I, I don't know. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Oh. Gil brings up a somewhat fair point of saying that he feels like Mirla is so kind of like I'm saying about Zach, so stuck in the past and how she used to do things and handle her past relationships. She's bringing that into the current relationship and he just feels like she should be a little bit more open-minded because it's a completely different situation. And he just wants to be sure that they're not, staying together because they both like the idea of being married. So Mirla says, if I wanted to just be married to anybody, I would be married to anybody. But I went through this because I wanted to have a, a connection with somebody. So then Gil goes outside with Mirla's friend, uh, Dion, old friend. Uh, and you know, they've known each other like over a decade. And so Gil's like, okay, you guys have known each other for a while. So you probably have seen her through at least a relationship or two. So how long would you say it typically takes her to, you know, get to that like touchy feely situation? Like, have you seen that it t typically takes her a, a while to get close to somebody? And her Dion's like, oh yeah. Like, I can't really speak to that, but I've also never seen her be affectionate. I can't picture it. I can't imagine a time where that's happened. So, um, but then he kind of flipped it on Gil and he says, um, I can see her being hesitant to do that if she isn't sure if this is going to make it past the eight weeks. So where Gil is saying, if I don't get more than a kiss on the cheek, I'm going to leave counter that Mirla might be coming from the place of, oh, well, if you're looking for an exit, then I'm not going to give you those things. And now we're in like a catch 22 sort of thing. I think I haven't read the book. Have I read the book? Doesn't matter. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, but they're in a catch 20. I know it. I know what catch 22 means. And that's, a, that's the point. Um, <clears throat> so 
then Mirla is talking to Gil's friend, and of course it's about money, and Mirla says that Gil told her that he isn't driven by money, but she's the opposite. And I am motivated by money, and I do like it, and I do like to hit those goals and milestones and whatever. So, um, then, you know, she says, we're talking about marriage, a house, family, those things cost money. So Gil needs to start saving from this month because here's the deal. I'm you're not going to be um, stepping down from the lifestyle which I'm accustomed to. And if we had to uh, live in an apartment like Gil's, that's going to be a deal breaker for me because I require certain things and a, a certain lifestyle. So I don't know. Do I love that that... <laughs> No, I'm on her side. I, w- I was like going to try to give Gil something, but I'm on her side. First of all, you're not going to be shaming me for the first 12 days of our relationship about how much money I spend. And then when we get to the brass tacks of it all, I'm way more prepared for this future that you say that we- that you've been trying to shame me into saving for than you are. Um, yeah, that's going to be a deal breaker. If you can't get your shit together financially, Mr. Uh, these Louboutins could be going into your savings account. Um, then yeah, that's a problem. That's a real problem. And I, you know, she's not, it's not a situation of like, she cares about his job or the money that he makes. Like, I think she's respectful of that more so than he is of her. I don't know. I don't know. I I think honestly, they have far and away the most potential. Um, sadly. (laughs) So I hope it works out between them because out of all of them, they do have the best chemistry. Like they do seem to like each other and they do seem like they could kick it. Like if you left them, you know, for a weekend, like if all the couples had to spend a weekend inside, don't go out. This is like, we're doing love is blind or whatever. Like you guys are in a pod stuck together for 48 hours. Can't go out can't hang out, whatever. I think that they would do far and away the best. I think they would have the most fun with each other. And I think that they probably would be the couple or would be like, oh, we got 36 hours in and didn't even realize, you know, whereas like all of the other people would be like scratching at the walls. So I don't know. I'm like rooting for them, but I also am more rooting for Mirla. Okay, let's wrap up this episode. <clears throat> the end of the episode, we see a little bit of Bao and Johnny back in bed, back in the <laughs> that bed of doom. And Johnny starts talking about how he actually enjoyed the day, the housewarming party, because they got to do things together and there was food and friends were there. And Bao said that she went into the housewarming optimistic, but she felt like she had a little bit of a cloud over her. And she appreciated that Johnny, like where she was lacking and maybe not stepping up, that Johnny was stepping in to get things done. And she thinks that they work really well together. And then she says that she can feel like Johnny's really trying and being sincere (laughs) and how reassuring it was that he could, that he could move past their issues. But to me, that sounds like a huge red flag. <laughs> if he had done 
to me what he did to her and then the next day was all light and bright and like let's have fun party let me put on this tommy bahama shirt and get down to it i'd be like also she doesn't really know what he was saying to her friend Ugh, girl she's giving him way too much credit way too much credit like she is giving him like Tom Girardi getting a loan from the bank in 2018 kind of way too much credit. Um it's ooh, I don't like it. I uh, I they really tried to wrap this up as like we resolved the issue. They didn't. They did not. <laughs> this seems like a a dollar store band-aid going on the relationship wound, which is like a gaping multiple bullet hole situation um but okay um we were supposed to be led to believe through the music and them glancing in each other's eyes and kissing and that everything was okay but um okay okay (laughs) anyway let's end up with Michaela and Zach you guys how interesting was this (laughs) so they're cleaning up after the party and Zach says that he learned a lot. And he asked Michaela if she learned anything in her talk with his friend Jerron. So she, Michaela says that like, it really put things into perspective, how caring he was and how she may have taken advantage of that with her behavior. And then Michaela says she's not used to being in a relationship where somebody's invested as much as she is. So she kind of overreacted and she knows that she shouldn't do that. You know, we often talk about like apologies and what's a good apology, what's a bad one, what are we looking for, what sincerity, what have you. I think this was a great apology. I think when you're admitting I did wrong, when you're recognizing I know that if I continue down this path, it's going to be detrimental to our relationship and I'm sorry for that. And I know that I shouldn't do that. And also, here's the genesis of why I think I behave that way. Because I'm used to being in situations where everything is kind of blase. Where we're not really that invested. Where we're not really... There's no pressure. Blah, blah, blah. But I know this is different. I want it to be different. I don't want to be that same person. I think that is the type of apology that people hope to get, you know? So Zach says, how do you think I feel? And Michaela says, I think you feel hurt. I think you probably feel like I'm not actually serious about this or here for you. And all of your feelings are valid, but they're not true because I do want this marriage to work. Again, I think very introspective and kind and mature. And So then Zach says, well, my biggest thing is that I can understand how you're upset, but I don't understand how we could get to the point, get to that point that we got to, because that's how, why my relationships haven't worked out in the past. And I'm starting to feel like it's a repeat of what I've dealt with. And those situations haven't worked out for a reason. Well, that's okay. But at one point, like you can only play that, like this has been in my past and I don't like it like once or twice like she's saying 
I've had these situations in my past, but I'm recognizing that we're in a different sort of relationship and that I need to change, then he needs to do the same. Like, I'm not going to... If you're going to look at your new relationship through the lens of your past mistakes, all of your relationships are going to be problems. Like, he's creating an environment in which it is basically going to be kind of like Johnny insurmountable for her to get past these things because you're going to be like, Oh, here it is. Here it's coming. I can see it or here it's happening again. Oh no. And that's not fair to her. You know, then Zach says, it's not really about communication. It's about how we handle things. And I'm not sure if it's something that can change. And I'm honestly scared to tell you how I really feel right now because I don't know if you'll blow up on me. So he just changed the goalposts. <laughs> she perfectly communicated a, a really good apology. And then he's like, oh, well, it's really not about communication. Yes, it is. <laughs> you can be like, oh, well, it's not really about how you handle it afterwards. It's about what you did. Well, it's like, okay, well, again, how do you expect her to get out of it? Because it's already been done. Okay. She's trying to clean up the mess. So you're, it's like, <clears throat> she just spilled a bunch of like Legos on the floor. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I know that you don't like that. I'm going to clean them all up. And he's like, well, it's not really about you cleaning it up. It's about you doing it in the first place. And it's like, but it's cleaned up. So move on. <laughs> like, why are we focusing on a, a problem that doesn't exist anymore? Or that shouldn't exist anymore? Um, so then Michaela's like, okay, well, how do you honestly feel right now? And Zach says, well, I don't want to do this. You know, I, I had anxiety. I didn't want to do this. I had anxiety when I pulled up. I didn't even want to come here. And I kid you not, it was more anxiety than I had on the wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> so Michaela says, I don't know how to resolve what I did. And what I need to know is how long it's going to be going to take before we're okay. Do I need to continue to try to make it right? And Zach is like, well, you don't have to do shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was okay. Um, he says, I don't know what you can do right now to rectify the situation. And to me, that's okay. All right. That's <laughs> you know, like, damn. Okay. Okay. So Michaela says, but Zach, we're married. And Zach says, we don't have to answer every single problem we don't have to have the answer to every single problem immediately. Why not take a step back? Because we have a fundamental difference in how we handle things. And it's just too big of a difference for me right now. So, so then she's fucked, right? <laughs> so then just leave, just talk to the producers. And like, <laughs> I feel like he's choosing to continue to be upset about something that she is trying to rectify. Like, it sucks when somebody makes you feel some type of way. I understand why he did not like what she did. I understand why he felt like, oh, this is, you did two things in a row. First, you popped off on me and moved out. And then you canceled the housewarming. And I understand that's like, bop, bop, two punches right after the other. But if you're going to give her the floor and the space to apologize, then you can't be like, 
fuck your apology. We don't have to do shit about trying to resolve this right now. Why are you here then? <laughs> you know, like, how long? It, the same wound, Flav. The same wound. Like, how long are you going to punish her for this after she's apologized? She's right. Like, how long is this going to be? Can, you know? <laughs> um. So... Then Zach starts talking about how her canceling the housewarming sent him over the edge and Michaela starts to get a little bit upset and says, Zach, I didn't know that. Had I known that that was going to make you this mad, then I'm not sure that I would have done that. Maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that I did not know. Um, And I don't know how to make you understand. And it's not like you're wrong and I'm saying I'm right, but I'm saying... I'm sorry. And Zach says, well, we can't have any answers. And um, maybe the answer is to take some time apart. So then he asked Michaela, like, are you going to spend the night here? She's like, yeah. He's like, okay, well, I don't want to. (laughs) I'm going to go. And she says, okay, that's fine. And we end the episode with Zach in a confessional saying that he's just really not comfortable staying there. And we see him walk out of the house. So, I don't know. I mean, we've seen the warning signs with Michaela. Her sister said that she has a tendency to pop off and, you know, uh, apologize later. Um, But I just, I, I don't want to say that I'm necessarily siding with Michaela, but I do not agree with the fact that she did humble herself to apologize and that he is unwilling to accept it. Like, he's not even willing to recognize that she even apologized. He's like, he didn't even want to hear it. So, I don't know. We'll see. Y'all let me know what you think about this Zach and Michaela situation. Maybe I'm not seeing something. So, when I post on the Everyone's Business But Mine Instagram, leave a comment down and let me know how you think. How are you feeling about all the couples, really? Who's your most... Most favorite? Who's who's the couple that you think has the most potential? And who do you think is going down with the ship? All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. What?